had such an authentic, genuine Poconos upbringing. I mean, from learning how to ski at the ski areas. Mount Airy had a small ski area. They had an indoor pool. The family business, hospitality in the Pocono Mountains at the French Manor. This is episode 39 of Pocono Mountains podcast in this third season. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jim Hamill. As you just heard, the owners of the French Manor have a family steeped in Pocono's traditions. The Inn and Spa in South Sterling is one of the more well-known and respected properties in the entire region. A dual AAA Four Diamond Award winner for decades now with its dining and its lodging. Plus, an all-around great family at the helm. We're going to meet the sisters, Jenny and Bridget, who helped carry on that family tradition of hospitality at the French Manor Inn and Spa from a Pocono Perspectives hosted by Chris Barrett. More on that in just a bit. The Poconos is a year-round destination for millions. With 2,400 square miles of lakes, mountains, forests, and rivers, with historic downtowns and iconic family resorts. It's the perfect getaway. You can always find out more on PoconoMountains.com or watch PTN, the Pocono Television Network, streaming live 24-7. Now back to the episode. The French Manor is synonymous with world-class dining, exquisite accommodations overlooking a gorgeous view of the Poconos from atop Huckleberry Mountain. And the team behind it all, the Logan family, couldn't be more genuine and kind. Sisters Jenny and Bridget, along with various other family and staff, will now carry on their parents' legacy of Poconos hospitality. Their mother, Mary Kay Logan, passed away this month. This Pocono perspective is a very fitting tribute to her and the family-run French Manor. Enjoy. My dad always instilled in us, know your story and stick to it. The Pocono Mountain is the birthplace to a Pocono wonderland of untold pleasure. Winter in the Poconos, clear and crisp. And called the land of the waterfall. A recipe for romance. Jenny Reese, Bridget Weber, French Manor, female-owned business. One question I have to ask is, it is called the French Manor, but we're in the Pocono Mountains. So how did this all happen? Oh, right. So the French Manor was always called the French Manor. So back in the 1930s, when Joseph Hirshhorn owned the property, it was a 500-acre estate, and he built this beautiful mansion house and outbuildings and whatnot as an escape for his family. They called it Huckleberry Hill Farm back then. And they had horses and um, chickens and other animals around. And they also had huckleberries growing naturally on the hillside. So that's um, how it got its name originally. The, the house was fashioned after a castle in Hirshhorn's family lineage that was in the southern France uh, in the Provence region. So it was designed to replicate that castle, that's where the name French Manor came. So it was on Huckleberry Hill, but then it uh, yeah. took on that name. Right. And I read that 165 craftsmen and 500 laborers were brought here in the 1930s to build it, mm -hmm. and some are still, their descendants here today, right? Yep, some of the descendants are still here today. Um, Hirshhorn had another estate in um, Connecticut. It was a much larger version of this, but he liked the Romanesque style or 
French chateau style of the of this kind of architecture. So that's how eventually it became known as the French Manor. But back then when he owned it, it was called uh, Huckleberry Hill Farm. Who was he? Why was why would why did he find the Poconos here? So he was from New York. He lived in New York City, and uh, he made his millions mining uranium back in the 30s. Uh, he was also big into the stock market and whatnot. So he built this property in the height of the Depression, actually, and that's where his family would come for summer vacations and things like that. So it was always a happy place to escape and enjoy the mountains and the views and whatnot from up top of Huckleberry Hill here. So how long did that family own the property? So it was probably up until like in mid-1930s. It was completed in 1937. Um, and then he owned it probably till about the 1950s, early 1950s, when Samuel Cress owned it. He purchased it as another estate uh, retreat for his family as well. And he also added some garages to the property because he was a big car collector at the time. Um, he also built another building, a brick building, that was used for the uh, Samuel H. Cress Foundation for the Restoration of Arts. He was very much big into art. Same with Hershorn. He was a, a big art collector as well. So just to go back to Hershorn, his, his collection is now housed in the Hershorn Gallery, which is one of the Smithsonian museums in D.C., right along the mall there. So when he donated it to the U.S. government, it was a requirement of his that they had a dedicated gallery to house his collection. So that's where people can see a little history of Hirshhorn. And uh, we have a little piece of his history right here. Cress continued the art restoration type of um, history along with this property. Um, the foundation, I believe, is still in existence today, but that it's no longer in this building next door. So his biggest claim to fame was the Crest Five and Dime store. So that's where he uh, started his millions, I guess, back then. Oh, he made his millions. He was also um, alumna from Bucknell, and he wound up willing the property to Bucknell University. So that's where this property went to next. Uh, it was used as a retreat location, um, but then it was left vacant for about 16 years. And then it was purchased by a property developer who then parceled off the 500 acres to create a housing development called Sherwood Forest. So that's why you see some little streets along the top here called Robin Hood Lane. And what other streets are up here? Lincoln Green, mm -hmm. there's uh, Huntington Drive. So yeah. it's all yeah. Sherwood Forest themed. Themed, yeah. So this was originally Huckleberry Hill Farm. It was originally Correct. 500 acres. Mm -hmm. and, they par and Bucknell parceled that off first. So when Bucknell did it was a retreat, were there any of the outbuildings here at that time? Or did they just stay in the, in the manor building itself? Well, originally the manor house and the carriage house were the two original buildings that stayed with a French manor parcel, if you will. Then after uh, time, the Baelishes were the ones that purchased the French manor property and opened it up as a bed and breakfast. And that's when the name, the French manor came. So they named it the French manor? They did. Mm -hmm. Is there any existing art from Hirshhorn or Crest here? Any pieces? Well, there are some pieces in the 
in this building that came with the property. So there's some wooden sculptures that are in this building right now that I feel that is part of his original collection. The screen on the wall over here was also in the building as well, but I'm still uncertain if that was part of his original collection. It may have been with Cress, that one, but the, the wooden sculptures, I would say, part of that. So we're sitting at, in, actually, where we're, where we're at right now is the main dining room for the French Manor, correct? And uh, what, what served in this dining room? Well, this was originally the great room. They used it for dining as well as um, just gathering in front of the fireplaces. The, everything in this room is pretty much original. The floors, the fireplaces, the bookcases, all the pecky cypress paneling. Uh, the, if you notice, the two fireplaces have a different style, different design. So this one's more rounded, and this one was designed by Hershorn's wife. And then the other one is more squared off, more masculine looking. So I, so I feel it was kind of like a his and her fireplace, if you will. So yeah. The, yeah. did the Cresses make any large changes for when the Her after the Hershorn after they bought it from the Hershorn? Um, they did add to the terrace. The the original terrace didn't have the big staircase in the. The grand staircase in the front. So when you see some of the pictures, original pictures, from our blog or whatnot, you may see uh, that that was just all stone wall. So that was an addition. The two side steps were original when Hershorn had it. And and then the view from here is unbelievable. And I'm guessing that the view that that was all kind of developed all the way through the ownership of it, because I would guess that this was. They bought it really for the serenity and the view, I would think, right? Yeah, I feel there's also some great pictures in our history page where they had, you can see there was basically no trees and everything developed, you know, grew up around it. The maple tree out front was very little and now it's this grand, yeah, a grand maple tree with, uh, you know, this beautiful foliage right now is the, the fall foliage looks spectacular. So, yeah, I think that they just enjoyed the, the view, I'm sure a lot of these trees have matured a lot since then and, and the view may have shifted so, so further to, north. To get back to both of you operating this business, female-owned uh, business, and, and, and Jenny, your family and Br Bridget, your, your family has a huge history in hospitality. Can you talk a little bit about your history here in hospitality and, and to get you kind of to where you are, to, both of you are at the French Manor now? Sure, well, I'll have to jump back a little bit. My parents both grew up in this um, general area. My mom is from Forest City. My dad was from Oliphant. Um, they met during one of their summer jobs at Bushkill Falls. My mom worked in the uh, the coffee shop, and my dad was working in the front office. The Bushkill Falls. So, yes. The current yeah. Bushkill Falls. Um, not the current Bushkill Falls. There was a Bushkill Falls resort that is no longer there. This is um, back in the 50s. And they, uh, back 50s, 60s, they were there. And um, they were both college, uh, you know, college summer jobs because they were both going to school to be history teachers. So their history includes a lot of history. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they met at Bushkill Falls. They, they were, my dad was always very charismatic and energetic and they each year they'd bring him back in the summer and try to convince him to stay for the for the whole season and one year they they just took the chance and stayed on uh he became their 
general manager eventually at Bushkill um, Falls. Bush Falls. My mom became their bookkeeper. They lived on property. Um, the from resident there, manager. Yes, the yeah. Manager. From there, they did um, take a teaching job. They were up in upstate New York, but kind of were called back to the business. Um, my so dad they both rent, eventually. They did, yes. It, with history. Yes, with mm -hmm. history majors. Oh, yeah. Um, they. My dad uh, eventually took a job at Manary Lodge and became their. Uh, he was the host with the most in the Poconos back in the heyday. Um, he was their managing director there. We eventually moved to Downingtown outside of Philadelphia where he was the director of the Downingtown Inn um, and their general manager. At this point, they now have seven kids and enough people to buy their own place. So they found the Sterling Inn, uh, which was right in the heart of the Poconos in 1981. And with a lot of help from some family and friends, um, really came up with a successful business uh, uh, at the Sterling Inn. We, there's seven of us, so we all went off in different directions. So are you the only two that were We're in, the only two that stayed. Okay. So when I was in college, my dad called and said, can you come home for, some, for Christmas break? And we bought a, a castle on the top of the hill. We're gonna open it up for New Year's. So I thought, well, what, what are we getting into? They bought some shack. We gotta like clean rooms and get it ready for New Year's. And we came up here on top of the hill and we were just flabbergasted. He's only a couple miles away from the Sterling Inn, yeah. too. And we so Bridget was in know? London at the time. Oh, she you? eventually, yeah. she was finishing a degree in architecture. She actually graduated right? from Pittsburgh Architectural University. Architectural studies, yeah. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Oh, wow. So um, came back, uh, and my husband and I, Bill, were here at the time, and the two of us kind of joined forces and mm -hmm. took over the Sterling Inn, helped um, bring the French Manor online. There was seven rooms in this main building and a carriage house where the previous owners would have caretakers stay in that house and there were some garages underneath. So we renovated the uh, carriage house into two suites, two rooms, combined some of the rooms in here into five rooms and um, that's where we started. So that was in 90 that uh, my parents mm -hmm. bought the French Manor. So, so the in 90, was it operating as a bed and breakfast? Or it, was it was. The Baelishes had had it for about two to three years. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Baelish had passed and she just wasn't interested in running it by herself. She wanted to sell it and move to Florida and that's where we stepped in and kind of took over. So Bridget, you were in architecture school in London. I think at that time I was just living in London because I did, I graduated from Pitt and wound up moving to London for a few years and then, uh, but knew I would eventually, like after so many years, I had the plan, like within five years, I'm moving back. But architects are so different than hospitality, so. Well, it's, it was the history, it was more architectural history and theory and things like that, rather than the design aspect of it altogether. I just stepped into the marketing role and sales and because I grew up in the business, you just, have that heart of hospitality, you know? And that's what, it's just ingrained in you when from a young age. And so, so you must have a, loved coming back here to this property with studying abroad, the history of architecture, the Romanesque style that you, so you must have loved coming back to this. Oh yeah, this was fantastic. This was, this was just a dream. And then having 
to help with the renovations and add additions and things like that. It was a perfect like that. fit. That was Bridget had the decor, you know, the the architecture and that eye and how to do improvements historically mm -hmm. and keep with the fit of the building. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I finished my degree, and so I have a degree in French and uh, and a minor in education and, and music. So you combine both of our talents and with the mm -hmm. hospitality background and we make a pretty good team. That's right. I learned <laughs> two big things. <laughs> I didn't realize you had a degree in French. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so do you have guests who come in who speak French? We, we do. So, and actually, when we design the menus, the chef will give them to me, and I call in the big guns. I have a sister who's much better in French than me. She's mm -hmm. a French teacher at Pocono Mountain, and she will grade my French and make sure that everything is good. <laughs> yeah. Because we do get people that will come in, and they um, they Expect like to see the, authentic, the authenticity of the of the menu, and that the the French isn't just translated in Google French, but it, it's you know those idiomatic expressions from the certain regions in France where those dishes were created. So I think what's really cool too is we, sh we need to mention this, this is a four diamond property. Correct. All around. So the dining room, it's four diamond. And there's so many four diamond properties here, but this is, I think, so unique. So all the, the sleeping rooms, the spa itself, and the di they're all four diamond. Correct. So the whole property is all four diamond. We do receive two four diamond awards. We receive it for the restaurant and for the lodging. The first year that we got our two four diamond awards was back in 2003. Now uh, we've been getting the, those two awards for each consecutive year now, so 30 years. 20 years. 20 years. Oh my God, I can do my math. <laughs> We're not that old, yet. <laughs> so, so 20 years now, we'll have um, two Four Diamond Awards each consecutive year. I want to get back to your dad was the managing director of Mount Airy. Correct. The original. Yes. So what was that like? What was Because I think most of us have a conception that Mount Airy was really the the Poconos, we had it really was. I think that we An even thought it was genuine Poconos upbringing. I mean, from learning how to ski at the ski areas, Mount Airy had a small ski area. They had an indoor pool. They had a guy, Mr. Katz, who would sit in the grand lobby and, you know, do portraits of people. So my mom has a has this grand stairway in her house, and the seven of us have portraits going up the they steps from, yeah. that were oh, done wow. in Mount Airy's uh, lobby there, in the grand lobby. Yeah. So they would run their reservation in the office, and they would have these charts on the wall. And there'd be at one point before the summer would start where they'd have a party because every room night was booked for the summer. But Mount Airy was like the epitome of, it was class and style, yes. and it was, I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, our conception of, is always that people wanted to get away from the city. They wanted to dress up. They wanted to be able to have fine dinners. Mm -hmm. Yes. They had and a they theater had all there. of that. They had a theater. They had the crystal room, so they had big entertainment. They'd have, Like you Rodney know, Dangerfield. Oh, exactly. people were big yes. in their yes. time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'd have big musical acts, big comedians. So it really did um, draw people out of the city and you know when you talk about the honeymoon capital I mean Mount Airy was a big part of that along with the, some of those other big resorts and the Poconos has come a long way since then and really kind of rebranded and repositioned itself to be 
um, to bring it back more to its roots of why people would originally come back here, like back when, before my parents owned the Sterling Inn, when it was built in the 1800s, 1859, I think, the Sterling Inn was, um, was opened up and it was for the drovers that were coming out of the city, people seeking to get out of the city. And this was, you know, one of the first stops you'd come along the way. Right, and then people come here for the whole summer. To right, get away yes, they the would heat. stay. Yes. When, we, right? for, when yes. we were growing up in the Sterling Inn, uh, there would be guests that would stay a month out of the, or, or two, they would stay all summer. And not just, like, it wasn't just like, you know, a couple nights here and there. There were long, lengthy stays in the summertime. Families would come and stay for a week or two. Uh, we would have um, Colonel Smith would stay for the summer. And, yes, and, uh, Colonel Smith. <laughs> yeah. Who's Colonel Smith? Yeah. He sounds like a British. He, he was this old guy that just, um, he used to play polo. And he loved, I, we had horses at the time. And I grew up with riding horses and equestrian riding and whatnot and he loved my horse and echo and he said he she would be a great polo pony and i just always remembered that so that was you really do make connections though with the guests when they're staying that long and um i mean we all learned how to square dance i learned how to crochet from the swenson sisters because they would stay for a month in july and just you know all those little things but it's it really kind of weaves that you know, part of history into your family, and so they I became think, like your extended family. Absolutely, right? wow. but the, yeah, it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. growing up at the Sterling Inn. The operators were like your father knew everybody who either owned or operated them. They were very close knit at, at that Correct. time, right? Yes. So when I remember at the at Mount Airy, he would have relationships with like the landscapers, and they always had such beautiful gardens there. But then later, when he had the Sterling Inn, brought in the same. Landscaper, um, Carl Texter was the, the landscaper then, but made the Sterling Inn grounds just beautiful. Obviously, uh, as part of marketing, it's not just taking phone calls or just, you know, um, advertisements in the New York Times or whatever, um, but first impressions from uh, as you approach. And so that I learned a lot of the marketing end of the business from my dad. And he did, they, they did foster relationships. All of those guys would meet together even before the Pocono Mountains was a, you know, was a group. Um, and you'd have Bobby Gassini was running, uh, you know, a little vacation, you know, stand at, at in a, yeah. at, at the lake yeah. in a trailer. So, I mean, it, it had some grassroots beginnings, but it was through the efforts of people like my father and Bob um, and John the and Farda Laura. family, John mm -hmm. Kiesendahl, that really, you know, knew that the Pocono Mountains was a gem in the rough and that we needed to combine our efforts so that the marketing could bring people out to the area and really bring it to its fruition. So from 1990, how did the French Manor change to where we are today? Well, the French Manor was just two buildings when we bought it. It was the original um, castle building that we're in now and the carriage house. So we did some renovations on both of those buildings. Um, in 1999, we added what we call La Maisonneuve, which means the new building. So it was six suites built right onto the side of the mountain, all with 25-mile views. Right, <laughs> up, and they're all French-themed um, rooms, like the Chambord Suite, Orléans, Marseille. Um, Ten years after that, 2009, um, we had added the spa building. 
So we started the planning of that in 2007, which was a little scary because we were in the middle of a recession and it started with we were going to add a pool. It turned into a whole spa building with five new suites and we've just been so happy ever since adding that, that we added the spa to the business. Adding like, the spa put us in a whole other market. So it wasn't just a bed and breakfast anymore. We were a luxury spa retreat with a Four Diamond restaurant. So the carriage house renovation initially, that was with the two suites that had the fireplace and the Whirlpool tubs, those were the, the two amenities that guests really enjoyed back then. That's why we added the six more suites because we were constant, those two suites were constantly booked. We wanted to add additional amenities for our guests here on property. So the idea of adding the pool and the hot tub, that was a, um, a big reason for adding that spa building. But then it was, Jenny and I thought, you know, at that time we needed to, people were coming here for a nice romantic getaway, relaxing getaway. And what better amenity than uh, a spa on property. So. We'd already had some massage services mm -hmm. built into our, um, into our business model, but adding the actual spa with facials, nails has proved um, a big success. We're busy in the spa all the time. We actually are in the midst of adding a, a hardscaping project to the front of the spa building with a French style fireplace that'll roar through the winter. It'll have a sunken in hot tub fire pit area, um, heated paving stones, a little pavilion so that we can just sort of add on to that spa experience. Mm -hmm. uh, we also last year partnered with the, the Jammer Brewing Company and we're running Soundbites Restaurant out of the, the Jammer Brewing Company as well. So we've expanded the restaurant. Jammer, wonderful, amazing property. A little bit different than the French Manor. How did we, how did we get to the Jammer, Jenny? Well, the jam room was, um, my husband has always been very industrious. I mean, we, we, you know, have with Bridget kind of brought the French Manor, uh, you know, through the years on it expanded the, the growth here in the rooms. He always um, would have a, you know, side, you know, little hobby. He was always in bands on Thursday night, they'd have a band night. And as he kind of morphed out of that, he started brewing beer with friends in that jam room. So after a couple years, they decided they, they thought they really had something and they were gonna open up their own brewery. So that's where the Jam Room Brewing Company came from. Um, so the Jam Room was a couple of friends. I am involved with that, but when they went to a bigger location, they decided to add uh, a food avenue to it. And the French Manor ended up taking over the food portion of it. And we have a second restaurant there called Sound Bites. So it's like upscale pub food, um, and it's really been um, a big success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I know that today there's a real emphasis on self-care, relaxation, rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that as like a guest change, or do you think it's always been there? Oh, definitely has changed since we added a spa. Um, I would say majority of our guests are adding a spa treatment to their stay. They're really looking for that you know, to truly relax. And nowadays people don't have the time to go away for very long. So that short getaway is important to be able to get all the relaxation they can get in those two days, you know. We've always, um, my dad always instilled in us, know your story and stick to it. So in adding that spa, we really had to brainstorm and as a family decide exactly what that spa 
was going to offer and what it was going to mean. And it, it all came back to what would Hershorn do, who originally built this building because he was such an entertainer. He was such a host. That's why the house was built like this. It was a huge grand room and ensuite room. So back in the 1930s, each room had its own bathroom. It was built for entertainment. He'd bring his friends out here. He stayed in the Versailles. His mother always stayed in the Florence below him. And then the three rooms over here were just for entertaining. So, the great so, so he would roll out the red carpet. So when we added the spa, we said, you know what? Let's roll out the green carpet. We're going to limit the footprint of what we do with the building. We're going to keep it historic. It's a saltwater pool. The saltwater pool feeds the sprinkler system in the building. And can I ask that just for so, people who might be watching just though, I'm sorry to interrupt, but salt water, what's the difference between like a fresh water and salt water? Well, the thing is with the salt water, it uses basically table salt. Um, there's a, it's a UV technology that breaks down the salt into sodium and chloride and then naturally chlorinates the water, but it doesn't give off that that strong chlorine smell or anything like that. And you're so, not adding chlorine. Right, so, so it's, it's gentler on the skin and yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very calming too. When it's running, it's all, I think, part of that, right? The relaxation. And forest bathing was big at one time. Yes. yes. Or is that still? We do still do the forest bathing. In the summer, we do more of the, the guided hikes and we do the yoga. But in the fall and winter, we start doing a little bit more of the, the forest bathing because it still gets people out in the forest, breathing the air, feeling the wind, moving with the trees. Mm -hmm. People really enjoy just the, the grounding sense of... Uh, um, connecting with nature. But in the fall, we also still have those couple of traditional fall activities like the bonfire, making the s'mores and the hay rides uh, on the weekends. So people really enjoy that. They look forward to the fall foliage hay ride. It just that right now, at the time we're interviewing you both, at the French Manor, it's fall. So this weekend, or have you started the fall activities? Mm -hmm. or, we or have. Yes. How's the fall look this year? Is it? It's oh, it, becoming more popular, right? Oh yeah, it's very busy. So if you haven't booked your fall getaway, it's very. There's a few rooms open here and there, so definitely call to check availability. But the weekends are are full. We've always had a robust fall season here, just because of our location and the view. Um, but in the last couple of years, and just with adding the spa, we're, I mean, October, we, we get close to a 100% occupancy. I mean, we, we get about a 62% repeat business. So people come, they enjoy it. They, the staff here is like family. They treat our guests like family. Um, it's really our biggest asset is just our fabulous staff. Um, we have an excellent chef team, the innkeepers. The housekeepers, I mean, they all take it very personally. The guests know them by name, and that really helps our business model. And we feel that, you know, we treat the staff like family because the better we treat the staff, the better they treat our guests, the better our guests treat us, and it, it always comes full circle. So it's definitely a, a, a working relationship, just like any business. And that's kind of your family philosophy. I want to kind of ask just a couple, one or two questions before we wrap up. Where, Bridget, where do you think the Pocono Mountains will be 30 years from now? What, in your heart of hearts, where do you see that? Well, I hope it's still going to be that natural, beautiful um, setting for guests to escape to outside of the metropolitan area. I hope that the traditional properties continue to improve upon their services and, and um, and move with the times and what guests are looking for. That's what I hope. 
we don't want to lose that natural setting that we have in this um, beautiful northeast Pennsylvania. Jenny, where, where do you think we'll be in 30 years? I think in 30 years, um, we should still be positioned in a really green space for travelers. And I do think that it's up to the businesses in our area to ensure that we move in that direction. We keep some of the green spaces, continue to reinvest and reinvent our properties, but still keeping with hospitality. Mm -hmm. Because I think as AI becomes more and more prevalent, people are still going to seek that personal connection and you won't find it everywhere. So to have an area like the Pocono Mountains to kind of escape reality and get back to your roots, I think that we'll, we'll still have that in 30 years and 60. Well, your roots are definitely really well vested here. The products are amazing. Uh, I, I see you both as pillars of, of, of what the Pocono Mountains really is and, and, and it'll assure that 30 year success. Bridget Weber, Janie Reese, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a joy. It's been a joy to spend this time with you. You hosted us here and we thank you. I'm Chris Barrett for Pocono Perspectives. Great stories always. Thanks for watching. French Manor Inn and Spa. So much history and so much on its horizon with many guests still to experience the magic of this place. Check out a shorter version of this Pocono perspective on the upcoming March edition of Pocono Mountains magazine. Thanks for listening to Pocono Mountains podcast. We'll have a new episode each week highlighting lots of the fun things you can experience while you're visiting the Poconos. Subscribe and leave a review and or comment on whatever platform you listen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please remember to subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. Come visit us in the Pocono Mountains. Plan your trip today. Mm -hmm.